And I'll even train my staff to say something like, listen, I got to get all this boring stuff out of the way just so we can get you in here. You know, like what's your date of birth? What's your insurance information? Oh, do you have that handy? Yada, yada, yada. Is there a doctor you want us to send the notes to? But then you're setting it up as, again, you're kind of reinforcing this idea that we're not just running you through the mill. We're not just doing what everybody else does. This is stuff we have to get to do the job. But what's really important is all the stuff you just told me. Hello, welcome to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from RehabUPracticeSolutions.com. And this week is a bonus episode. The tables have been turned. <laughs> Usually I'm the one uh, asking all the questions and doing the interviews. Well, a while back, um, I did an interview with Paul Wright from uh, Practice Private Practice Profits, I believe is, is his thing. Um, he's Paul Wright Physio. He's based out of Australia. I've done a couple things on his programs. He's done a couple things for me and with me. He's actually been on the show, I think twice already now. Um, and I'll link to a couple of those in the show notes if I can find them. Um, and I sat down with him to talk primarily about a framework for reducing cancellations. Now, if you're on the email list, you probably received an email a little bit ago, probably in the last week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, with our cancellation framework reduction or our cancellation reduction framework, um, which I developed actually for this program for Paul, and I'm making it available to everybody uh, on our list, and it's free. Uh, you just have to go to rehabupracticesolutions.com. Uh, under the insights tab, there is a page for resources and downloads. Click that, and it should be one of the first ones that pops up the cancellation reduction framework. And what it is, is basically the framework that I lay out for patient onboarding in the book, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. So if you want a real blown up version of that framework and some practical steps to implement it in a practice, in a healthcare practice, pick up the book because I spend an entire chapter on touch points and communication and all of that, the the ancillary stuff or the soft skills, the, the systems and processes that really impact a patient's experience or perceived and subjective um, valuation of a practice and the services they provide based off of some of those intangible things like how we communicate, the order in which we get information and all that kind of stuff. So in this interview, I basically walk you through that same framework. We kind of game play or role play a few scenarios as far as questions that a patient might ask um, and some uh, potential answers. We talk a little bit about perceived value and scarcity and how you can inject that in an ethical way because we don't want to lie about you know, not having appointments available and all that. But we did talk a little bit about the importance of limiting the perceived availability of appointments and availability, even if you're in the new and starting out position where you might have a whole lot more free time. 
um, because of the message that it sends to a patient or a prospective client. You wouldn't want to say, oh yeah, I can see you, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, or anytime next day, because I'm not really good. I don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> um, scarcity in and of itself communicates to a prospective patient that you're worth the wait, right? That there must be other people that are waiting as well. So we talk a little bit about that, but mainly the value, at least what I think the value is in this conversation is the step-by-step -step framework that, that we use and we help our clients do here at the at Rehab You Practice Solutions. We've implemented this at our the practice that I own and operate, Proactive Rehab and Wellness as well. Um, and it's a, the framework that we use to engage patients before they even show up to that first appointment so that they do arrive at the first appointment, which is kind of like big hurdle number one, but then that they also are primed and have a... Um, a preconceived idea or at least a that we've been able to frame in the mind of the prospective patient or client the value of the services that they are going to receive and um, like we shared on a few uh, podcast episodes and I've written an article about it in fact again this is the the topic of, of one of the chapters in the book about perceived value but expectations um, expectations dictate our experience and our perceptions and our perception is our reality. So if we can frame for the client, for the prospective patient before they even show up, that this is going to be a valuable experience and they are expecting a valuable experience, which means that their perceptions are going to lean them towards that bend anyway. So without further ado, here's an interview I did with Paul Wright on the cancellation reduction framework. Been hanging around Rafi Salazar for a while now. I've been following his stuff, and and we've been on each other's programs a few times. And uh, it was no surprise I, I hit up Rafi when we when we were starting to talk about cancellation reduction because he's is the, the king of of humanising healthcare and patient outcomes. Mate, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll do the formal introduction. He's an, he's an occupational therapist, owner of an outpatient. PTOT clinic, which is Proactive Rehabilitation and Wellness in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. Published author and principal of, of Rehab U Practice Solutions. And it helps clients attract, acquire, engage, and retain more patients and clients. And his work on telehealth uh, has been discussed in Forbes. He's also the host of the Better Outcomes Show, a podcast that explores the possibilities of a new healthcare and he's the author of Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare, which is his latest book. And I loved, I loved Rafi's tagline, making healthcare human again. Oh, yeah. I, I love <laughs> it. It's, and, and it fits right in, Rafi, doesn't it? Because making healthcare human and humanizing healthcare and, and experience, it's really the key to reducing cancellations, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, we live in a very for lack of a better word, a very systematized or abstracted world, right? We can order up, you know, food via Uber Eats or something like that or Grubhub, and it's all very transactional. And uh, healthcare in particular is very, uh, it's very human centric, right? It's, it's one person helping another person ultimately. So if we go too far into or dive straight into systems and technology and tools which are all great and wonderful we lose we're, we we take the risk of really abstracting away the main benefit and the main value of healthcare which is that human experience and, and I, know, I know our whole program is about cancellation reduction 
But oh yeah. But but everything we're doing here in humanizing healthcare is making making the experience personal so they don't cancel. Is that is that one of the one of the up one of the positives of being more humanized is we reduce cancellation rates. Yeah, that's the ancillary benefit, right? I always tell people if you do what's right at the beginning, you'll end up with the business metrics you want in the end. And it is true very much so when we talk about everything, not just scheduling and how we onboard patients and clients, but you know, the way we interact with them, the way we communicate with them, all of that kind of stuff. Um, we do it with the focus of making it human centric or person centric. The ancillary benefit is that these patients and clients are more engaged. They want to show up. They have buy-in before they even make their first appointment. They want to show up and they want to be there because they feel this connection. They feel that this organization or this person that I had the conversation with really cares about me. So I'm already emotionally invested in showing up to that first appointment, right? So, so how do we do that? Give, give us the give us the the guide. How do how do we humanize our practices so that people do show up and don't cancel? And maybe that they feel bad if they have to ring up and cancel because that's all part of it. They have a real, I suppose that if they have a relationship, yeah. they'll oh I don't, I don't want to let Rafi down because he's doing this for me. Is that kind of so? So how do we do it? How do we humanize this thing? Give yeah, us the guide, all, Rafi. It all it all starts with. Um, understanding what, you know, this is not a, a, an idea that's unique to me, but understanding the touch points, right? Where are the places along your patient lifestyle cycle journey or the this relationship journey that a client or a patient might have with your organization? What are those points along that journey where they have an interaction with you or your staff? And you have to understand those because then, they, then you can systematize them and make them more human, right? So a common touch point is the the initial call right somebody rings up and they might google um solutions for back pains in you know augusta georgia and they'll get a list of of you know providers um that first touch point is they call the clinic or maybe they land on your website whatever it happens to be but that messaging the way they're uh the way they're greeted the type of information that you ask for and the the order in which you ask it is very important and it's one of those main touch points that either gets a patient or client to say yes i'm going to go with you know proactive in my case or no i'm going to you know keep on going down the line <laughs> to see what else google has to offer me so so give us some um what's done poorly give us some examples of some rubbish interactions and then maybe what do we do instead so what's some what's some meat and potatoes that we can use in yeah our exactly i think the the biggest the biggest downfall in any of this is making the entire process what i call a top-down approach which you find in in most any organization right i need to get the information that i need to do my job so i need your date of birth i need insurance if you've got it i need your doctor i need um how you're going to pay for it, your contact information. Then after I've got all of that, tell me about what's going on with you. And maybe we can, we, you know, maybe we're a right fit. Maybe we're not. Who knows? I really don't care about that because I got all the information I already I already need to do my job, the input side. So that's a very top-down approach. And it leaves people, you know, maybe 20 years ago, people started to feel like, man, this is not a good experience. Now it's just par for the course. That's what people expect when they call a healthcare organization. They expect they're going to have to fill out 50 pounds of paperwork, you know, hundreds of questionnaires, you have to give over 
their social security number here in the US, their last four of their card digit, all, all that kind of stuff. Again, to give all of that stuff before they're able to talk to a clinician or talk to someone who really cares about them to describe what's going on and whether it even makes sense to book an appointment in the first place. So the taking this traditional kind of top-down approach where we get all the administrative demographic information that we need and then maybe if there's time, move on to what's important to you, the client and the patient. That top-down approach is kind of just what everybody does. So any kind of change up you can do to that is already going to kind of set you apart from the competition. And then if you do it right, man, these patients and clients come in and they they already have increased expectations and hope about the the solutions you're going to provide for their situation. I, I love what you said, Rafi, that you said the admin feels like they've done their job. Like they, you ring, you ring up the practice and I'll get your name and your date of birth. So I, I feel like that's my job, but that's because we probably haven't taught them well enough that the job is actually before they even get to that, they've got to humanize this call. They've got to, Rafi, how, how can we help you, Rafi? What have you done? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's, and that's a better op. So we, we, we're reversing the, the script, get to know them first. And then if, if once you make that connection, then you get the other stuff. Is that a better approach? Exactly. Yeah. We're doing a, a bottom up approach. And the reason we're doing it is, is twofold, right? The first one is obviously we're centering the entire interaction on that client or that patient that's calling the clinic, which, you know, has all the, the benefits that I um, outlined earlier. The second reason we do that is because in a world of commoditized healthcare, we're you know, physios are a dime a dozen and there's, you know, they're like waffle houses here in the U S there's one on every corner. Um, yeah. what tends to get pushed, what tends to get focused on is the, the physiotherapy service itself. You know, I'm going to give you these exercises I'm going to do whatever I'm going to provide this service, yada, yada, yada. And it's very vanilla, very bland, but in any area or industry, the specialists in that industry don't just take any client, right? They're discerning whether or not it's what we have here is a suitable enough fit to take the next step. And sometimes that next step is an appointment. And sometimes that next step is now, you know, we really can't help you with what you've got going on, but I know, you know, three or four other specialists that might be in this line of work that could help you out. So it positions us as the clinic managers or the clinic owners or the clinicians. It takes us out of this role of kind of this, this vendor, this waiter, you know, what can I do for you? What's your order? How can I fix your, you know, your back, your pain, whatever it is. And it puts us in a, in a position of kind of an expert advisor or an expert clinician or practitioner, which is really what we should be. And it makes us look at the situation and look at the, the client and say, okay, typically we do not work with X, Y, Z, whatever it is, but we have a very deep expertise in you know, chronic low back pain. And if what you're telling me on this call makes sense, then it might make sense for us to make an appointment with you. And then we could kind of go from there, take an, an in-depth evaluation. But until we get some of this information out of the way, kind of screen you, pre-qualify you, if you would, then it doesn't make sense for me to get all of the admin information, all of the yeah. the insurance and any anything like that. So it kind of it sets the interaction apart again at a different level from this is just you calling a physio clinic to this is me calling Rafi Salazar and he's the expert at XYZ and I'm hoping that he's got a slot for me, right? So so what happens at, at proactive rehab? So script wise, if I ring up proactive rehab, 
your practice. And I say, I, I, I've got a problem with my shoulder. I need to make an appointment. Or what, like, at what time do they, what's, what are they asked to screen them? Well, before we get further, Rafi, I'll just ask a few things about you. What, what's, what happens? What's the, what's the admin scripts that you use at your practices? Sure. Yeah. And I outline all of this in the book, Better Outcomes, a Guide, or yeah, Better Outcomes, a Guide for Humanizing Healthcare. It's a, a referral onboarding process framework. And I've got some specific questions in there. I didn't put the exact script that we use in the clinic because I feel like we're always kind of updating it, but it basically has seven steps. And the first step is we're getting, we call it the narrative experience of the person calling. So these are questions like somebody calls and says, Hey, you know, do you take Blue Cross Blue Shield? Or, you know, I've got shoulder pain. Do you take my insurance? You know, our response should be, and we try to track this as much as we can, like it should be, you know, let's get to your insurance. You know, I, I promise we're going to cover the insurance question, but first let me make sure it's, it's even worth me going and getting all that information for you. Why don't you tell me what's going on? So the first question is always, you know, tell me a little bit about what's going on. How's this affecting your daily life? Um, how do you feel about XYZ, this pain, this limitation, your shoulder, how is this affecting you? And you kind of get the, the prospective clients experience their subjective and narrative experience. You, we want to get their story, so to speak. We want to know how this happened. We want to know, you know, how it's impacting them and then what they think or how they feel about it before we move on to the next step, which is, you know, get the referral information. How did you hear about us? You know, what made you reach out to us in particular versus, you know, 15 other PT clinics down the line? Um, because that's information that we want to use later, right? Right. Yep. So, so we're getting the narrative experience, which, which I love that we talk in our world, a significant emotional event. Yes. What, what, why, why, why did you contact us, Rafi? What, what's the big deal here? Why now? Why us and why now? Like, it's just that, as you said, that, that narrative experience and, and you've just hit it on the head because the admin team, if someone brings up, you know, do you take blue cross blue shield or whatever they say, the admin, if they're not trained, will think their job is to answer that question. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been in the clinic job. before in many clinics where I walk by and somebody, you know, picks up the phone and they say, Oh no, we don't take that insurance and hang up, you know, bye, <laughs> have a good day, hang up. And I'm like, what just happened? Well, they asked if we took their insurance and we we're not in network of that insurance. I'm like, no, you should always put that question back. Cause if you, if you get to the point where you and the prospective client feel like this is a good fit, then at some level, the insurance doesn't matter right? Yep. Because there's 15 other physios and they're all doing the same thing, but you're the one that can fix their problem. Yeah. What do you think of this one? I, I, say, I say to our guys, when, when someone rings, they could ring any, they could say any number of things. Um, how much is a consult? Are you open sad days? Do you treat shoulder pain? Do you take more insurance? There's a million questions I could ask. And the mistake the admin person makes every time is they think they've got to answer the question. And, my, and what I say to our guys is that's not the real question. Regardless of what they said to you, their real question is, can you help me? Exactly. But they just didn't say it the same way. Am I, am I right or am I ever missed something? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I tell our folks too. I say, listen, at the end of the day, like they might ask about price, they might ask about insurance, but what they're really trying to, to ask you, and they just don't, they might not even have the, their own understanding. Like they don't have enough of an idea of how to ask it, but what they want to ask is, do you have the solution for my problem? Now yeah. for them, they're thinking that 
their problem is that they need physiotherapy or that they, you know, their doctor said, maybe go check out a, a physiotherapist. But the reality is they, they have like low back pain and it's really limiting them. And they, you know, they don't know how to ask it because they're thinking about insurance and money and scheduling and all of that kind of stuff. But the real question they're, they're asking is, I've got this low back pain. How can you fix it for me? <laughs> yeah. So, so this, I'm going through the seven steps. We've got to get the narrative experience. Number two is to get the referral info. Yeah. So once we found out, well, that's great, Rafi. I've got a good handle on what you've got at the moment. Can I ask where, where did you find out about us? So how did you end up calling us? So that's, so that's the next step. Yes. And once you get over that hump, when you get that information, oh, we, you know, we did a Google search or, oh, my friend, you know, three years ago saw your clinic and they speak very highly of you, whatever it is, you move on to kind of the, the next level is the, the third step, which is, we try to understand their goals for treatment. Now, the simple question would be, well, okay, so so what are your goals? Like, what do you hope to get out of treatment? You know, <laughs> what's your goal? What would you like to do that you can't do now? There's various ways that you can ask this question. Sometimes we'll say something like, um, what would you like to be able to do after you get treatment from us? Um, sometimes that we just rely on the, the tried and true, like, what's your goal for treatment? <laughs> and then you yeah. be quiet and you take notes and you you take all you, all of this, I should preface this by saying all of this information should be written down by the admin staff. They should be writing this down. We have like a little framework that we hand out to our clients and that our, our staff use here at Proactive. They fill it all out and that gets scanned and put into the record so that the physio that's seeing or the clinician that's seeing this client um, has a chance to review it before they even come into the clinic. That way it's, it just doesn't die there. We're making this a, a person-centered approach all the way through. So the PT or the OT, whoever it is, is reviewing this information and then able to bring this up in the appointment with the, with the client there then in the clinic. But yeah, Sorry, so, um, computerized, computerized or handwritten? Um, we do it. So they hand, they write it down on a little paper. We just scan it and put it in the file. I mean, it's not like, we're not super high tech. It's not going into some, you know, dashboard and <laughs> all that. Oh, the, of course you could create that if you wanted to. So, so step three was that we've gone through the goals of treatment. Yeah. And what would you, what do you want to get out of this, out of our involvement with you or your treatment? Where do we go then? Um, right after that, which tends to be overlooked by people, they feel like, okay, if we got the goals, then we're, we're good to go would be the expectations. We want to understand that prospective clients expectations about treatment. And so this might be something like, um, what do you hope to get out of treatment or how do you see treatment helping? Or if they've had treatment for this in the past, which is one of the questions that, that might've come up in there when they're giving you their narrative experience. I hurt my shoulder. I've been to several physios before. I've been to a doctor, yada, yada, yada. The uh, one question about expectations might be, what have you had done for this in the past and what did you think helped and what did you know didn't help? Because what we're trying to do and what obviously, or not obviously, but what often happens is you do all this stuff right and then you get into the actual interaction with the client and there's a mismatch in the expectations that causes the client to not show up again. Because maybe yeah. they thought, I need dry needling for my shoulder. And maybe you know that dry needling is not going to fix their shoulder or whatever it is. But instead of having a conversation with the client about it, we just kind of breeze over it. And it's not because we don't want to have that conversation. It's because we never knew to ask them, right? We didn't know that they had this expectation that, okay, you think that physiotherapy needs to be 
three times a week for 45 minutes, whatever, whatever their expectation was in the past, because it allows you to do one of two things. One, it allows you to work some of those things into the treatment plan so that they, the client feels like they're getting what they're expecting, or it allows you to address those expectations at the beginning and say, listen, many physios might try to, you know, do ultrasound right here on your shoulder because they think it helps, yada, yada, yada. We practice whatever, you know, our method of treatment uses a different approach. And if you're willing to go with me on this different approach, you know, we can, you know, we'll work with you. But if you don't understand the expectations from the beginning, you risk breezing over something that could be very, very important to that prospective client and make them maybe show up for their initial evaluation, initial consult, and then never show up again because you didn't fulfill their expectations. So is it, it's, it's, is it the admin's job to ex, to expand on the expectations or just no, to ask no, them no. to get them down? Just, we just, just to make get sure them to got... write it all down because then so, the clinician so, can say, okay. okay. I mean, there are some things that we, that are, especially the, the ones that have been trained for a while and been, been with the clinic for a while, have a pretty good understanding of the way the clinicians approach care in a certain respect. So there might be some a time where it's appropriate for an admin staff to say, oh, you know, I, I've talked to, you know, Rafi a lot and he works a lot with hand there, you know, in, in hands with this specific issue. And he tends to really think that XYZ is the, is the most appropriate treatment, but I'll let him, you know, chat with you about that if you want. And that's okay, but, more than fine. But so so what, what I'm liking is they're arriving at the practice, which again is making sure that first visit is sharp because exactly they'll say, look, I know you mentioned to Mary when you spoke to her last week that this was what you wanted to get done. Just to let you know, this is this is our philosophy. Exactly. Uh, just to make sure we're getting what you wanted here. So you, you, you're going in preloaded with information, which I love. Exactly. Yeah. You don't yeah. ever want to get go into a situation blind. <laughs> yeah, one, one, of, one of our favorites, Rafi, we used to put on the bottom of all our new patient intact forms. Um, now, have you where have you been or where have you been previously for treatment? What did you really like about your past practices and what didn't you like? And, yeah, and, you know, we, we're looking for those. So you make sure you look through that and you make sure you don't do what the other mob exactly, did wrong. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you get the information straight up. All right. So we've got expectations and, we, and that's part of our session. And we've got a couple to go. What were the other ones once you've got expectations? The, the next one is all that stuff that people normally put at the front end, all the administrative stuff. Okay. We've gotten your goals. We've gotten your expectations. It does sound like, you know, we can help you out. So why don't I just get you scheduled? Let's get something on the book. So it's let's, let's get you scheduled. And then you get all the demographics, your date of birth, your address, contact information, payment, insurance information, if it's needed. The big one that a lot of people have been getting onto recently, which I, I like is getting the email address because then you can send online intake yeah. paperwork and all, yeah. all the important stuff that people expect now, but it's getting all of the demographics, all the administrative stuff. Let's get you on the books. Let me get all this. And I'll even train my staff to say something like, listen, I got to get all this boring stuff out of the way just so we can get you in here. You know, wh like what's your date of birth? What's your insurance information? Oh, do you have that handy? Yada, yada, yada. Is there a doctor you want us to send the notes to? Mm -hmm. But then you're setting it up as, again, you're kind of reinforcing this idea that we're not just running you through the mill. We're not just doing what everybody else does. This is stuff we have to get to do the job. But what's really important is all the stuff you just told me, your narrative experience, your goals, your expectations, all of that. That's really the important stuff. And now we just got to go through the, you know, checking the boxes to make sure you're you're legit when you show up to the clinic. And what, what I'm hearing, Rafi, I mean, connection the person the connection they have with the front desk team who's probably also if they're really trained well oh you're in great hands Rafi's an expert with that 
Oh like yeah, exactly. There's some, there's some little, there's something that, and the person says I'm in the right place. So the chance of, of no showing is pretty low. You've got all their details. So, and they know a bit about you rather than just making up a book to time, two o'clock Friday with a guy named Rafi. Exactly. Thanks, thanks yeah. Yeah. I tell people all the time, the, the front, if you're going to spend money anywhere in training, <laughs> if yeah. you can hire, retain and train really good front office staff, you're going to be in a much better place because those are the gatekeepers for your business, whether they, they understand it or not, you know, the way they're interacting with prospective clients or with patients either is a big thumbs up or it's a big cancellation button, you know? <laughs> yep. So we've done it. We've done our admin stuff, the stuff that normally came first. Yep. There's a couple of things to go. What do we do then? The second to last one is you, you basically throw out there any, potential reason why they might not come back any potential objections right so we we call it answering any questions they still may have so this is a you know you might say something like are there any questions or concerns that you have that i haven't already addressed that way we know for a fact we've tr we've cleaned them out right any lingering yeah. expectations that they might have had any concerns that they might have had about location or about price or about whatever it happens to be we give them one last opportunity to kind of give us that information so that we can prepare for that and address it beforehand. Got it. But it might be the logistics, what to wear. Exactly. You know, yeah. Where to park. Things that you um, haven't even thought about. Yeah, exactly. Well, usually we'll get to through some of this and our, um, the clinic that we have is located behind a couple banks. So, <laughs> you know, we'll tell them that at the front end and they'll, you know, Inever inevitably somebody will say, so am I allowed to park in a bank parking lot or do I have to come back to a, to a different area? We're like, oh yeah, of course. We always forget that. Let's you know, come on back here. We'll, you know, this yeah. is where you're going to park, yada, yada, yada. So you, and you're what, getting all those what, last minute things taken care of too. And what Rafi's done, he's reducing any possible roadblock that will stop the person from thinking, oh, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to park. I don't know what to wear. Any of those things could be a factor in leading to them to be a no-show. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it's not, it is not uncommon. I've been, when I was at the Department of Veterans Affairs running their outpatient clinic, we would get calls all the time from patients that would say, listen, I showed up to the VA and I didn't know where to park. So I just left. Can we reschedule? <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. like, okay, sure. We could have handled that like three weeks ago when we booked you for this appointment, but yeah, sure. Well, let's reschedule. <laughs> yeah. But, and then the other, we're at a final stage. The very, very last step is kind of what we've already done throughout this whole process, but it's you're assuring them that they're in good hands and you want to validate their decision for booking the appointment. So even if it's something as simple as, hey, you're in the right place, we're looking forward to, to helping you kind of get over this shoulder pain or this whatever pain it is, you know, our team of clinicians has done a lot of work in this area and I think they're really going to be able to help you. Boom, that's it. Right. You don't have to oversell it here. You're just, tell, you're just assuring them that they made the right decision because a lot of times in any interaction or any economic transition transaction, people make decisions first and then validate them on the back end. You know, yeah. they make a decision based off emotion and then they kind of rationalize it later. And we just kind of want to give them some of that impetus beforehand so that they don't have any buyer's remorse or second, you know, second guessing themselves after they hang up the phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I made this decision to book this appointment. And now they're telling me that these people are great for it and they have this experience, whatever. Um, and it's validating their decision to book the appointment in the first place. Let me play the devil's advocate here. At any time, do you mention, by the way, Rafi's heavily booked. You need, and make sure you give us 24 hours notice if you can't make that consultation. Is there any 
mention of cancellation policy during that initial booking conversation? Only if it comes up, because most of the time we, so we have structured, this comes like hand in hand with this framework, but we've structured times when uh, we've intentionally tried to structure it so that there's a limited capacity for initial consults. So by just the nature of the way we schedule, um, people are getting booked out a little bit anyways. And sure, we mm -hmm. can always make a we can always make an adjustment here. Oh, maybe we can fit, um, maybe we can fit in a, a, a consult this week. But I'll have to check with with Rafi. We're gonna book it, and then we'll let you, we'll just confirm later. Um, so we're already kind of building in the scarcity as it goes yeah, out, and it's just kind of implied that these people are the experts. If I cancel this appointment, it might be a week or two before we get back in. Because again, thinking about the difference between a vendor or a commoditized service, you can just go into Walmart or wherever, whatever supermarket you go to and pick up coffee off the shelf, right? You can go yeah. there and get that, but you can't schedule an appointment with um, a psychologist, <laughs> you know, or some, some kind of big yeah. specialist without waiting, without having to jump through some ho hoops, without having yeah. to, to prove that you're worthy of that appointment or that time or that person's time. So we kind of do that in and of the way we kind of structure our scheduling processes to ensure that there's at, even if it's not a real uh scarcity that there's a perceived scarcity because of the amount of slots that we make available for for mm. appointments so so it's in the cancellation the risk is implied uh, for example um let me oh, Rafi's heavily booked let me see oh we've had a we've had a two o'clock cancellation this friday i can put you in there gee that was lucky yeah, exactly. That kind of, it's implied scarcity anyway. So they were thinking, now admin team will say, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Admin team will say, there's no, there's not another single patient in Friday. There's, this is a new practice. There's not, there's, yeah. there's gaps from eight in the morning until, till seven at night. The admin team will, will maybe struggle to say, oh, we've had a cancellation at 11 o'clock. That's lucky when there's no one else in the diary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do we how do we get them to do that, or or is that I'm not ethical? Is it is it is it right to do that, Rafi? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would lie about a cancellation. Um, but because we have set up when the appointment, like we only take consults. Let's just call it, you know, nine o'clock, noon, and three, whatever. Um, we don't tell clients that. But if they get booked out, then a then a, the staff member says, okay, our next available appointment slot for a consult would be, and because you can tailor how much you, um, uh, how much you put available, it can be, oh, well, we only take one consult a day for, you know, every day this week. The client doesn't need yeah. to know that. They just know that, yeah. okay, your next available client consult is next Tuesday. Hopefully yeah. you'll be, you'll be there. Right. Because yeah in the event of and again like looking at the healthcare interaction or really any ec economic transaction it can go one of two ways it's either very commoditized where you're looking at going grabbing something off the shelf at a supermarket or something specialized and the you need to delineate the difference between this is something you can book anytime you want to to this is something that's highly specialized and there is scarcity yeah. there you can't just yeah. you can't just ring up and get an appointment today. <laughs> yeah, which is which if you're poorly trained admin is saying, 
Oh, yes, Rafi can see you at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah, or 1 exactly. o'clock on Friday. Which, which would you like? He's got nothing going like, on. He's really he's not got, an expert at all, right? He's not very good at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic, isn't it? Um, can I then, being, again, the advocate for the listener, you've gone through a seven-step process here for admin. How long does that take? The phone rings, and for, for us to go through that seven steps, because they're going to say, I've got the phone ringing, or I've got four people in front of me. How, how am I going to get through those seven steps? How long is that going to take? Yeah. Um, it takes somewhere between five and 15 minutes. And I tell my staff that at the clinic and I tell staff at the, the clinics that I consult with, that's okay. Because again, if what we're trying to do is change our perception in the minds of the client from just your average everyday physio to a specialist, it takes a while to get a hold of a specialist, you know? Sometimes you might have to be on the phone for a little bit, or you might have to call back twice. You might have to leave a message and wait to get called back. As long as you're handling those follow-ups in a timely manner, um, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I'm sorry. I saw that you you gave it, you gave called us at 11 o'clock. I was on the phone with another uh, prospective client trying to get them in and trying to get them booked. Now that I've got time, let me, you know, let me dive into you and we'll give you just as much care as we gave the person before. But we do try to take a very personal hands-on approach here. And we don't want to just, you know, take two minutes on the phone with you. We want to get to know you a little bit before we book an appointment. And most patients are totally fine with that because they understand it. They live in a world <laughs> where most doctors are spending seven minutes on average with, with the patient. So anybody that's going to take a little bit of extra time with them already has their thumbs up and their vote of approval, right? You're, fight, you're fighting that fear there, Rafi, of the owner thinking if, I've, if I haven't made that appointment then and there, they've gone somewhere else. Yeah. So, you, so you've got to, you as the owner have to decide, am I going to be a, a humanized exactly. care-based practice or am I going to take that quick booking and hope like hell they turn up? It is a decision. It's a decision. Yeah. yeah, it's a strategic decision. And with as with every strategic decision, there's there's risk on both ends, right? Um, mm -hmm. You're you're prioritizing some things at the potential loss of another thing. But the reality is, if they're going to be a right fit client for you, anyways, um, they're going to book, they're going to stay, they're going to be there. If they're not going to be a right fit for client for you, you don't want them on the schedule, anyways, because they're going to take up a spot, they're going to cancel, they're going to no show, whatever it is you don't want that client on your schedule <laughs> yeah. because just because they're on the schedule, unless they're actually showing up and swiping their credit card or paying you for that consult, it doesn't do you any good. So I'd rather have half as many people scheduled that I know are going to show up, that I know are going to be loyal, that I know are going to be bought up, bought in than a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people and thinking like, Oh man, I'm going to be raining in the money here. And then half of them cancel the day up or no show the day yeah. up. I mean, that's not a place to be either. So, so I assume, Rafi, in, in your best clients' practices, they've got a dedicated financing person sitting out the back somewhere who's not face-to-face -face being interrupted by, exactly. by people, by, yes. by people checking out, et cetera? Yeah. So you either, you either have one person who's, that's their whole job, handling intake, handling calls, handling, depending on the, the marketing system you got on the back end, handling leads and all of, you know, appointment inquiries online. Um, or you, you, at some point you're going to grow, right. And you're going to have people that can do both and, and that kind of thing. And it's when you're small, it can be difficult. Um, mm -hmm. but as you grow, you want to think about adding in a person that their whole job is, we call it the new business development person, but the person that they're, they're converting leads into clients and that's what they're doing for you. I knew a chiropractor once, Rafi had, he had a concierge, he had a dedicated meter and greeter. 
Yeah. Would you like a coffee? It's the whole, it was the experience. It wasn't just coming to a healthcare. He's, he's the major D. Would you like, would you like a coffee? Would you like a drink? Can I get you a cab to go home? Like this is the concierge practice. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I love what you laid out here. Um, I know we're running out of time. Any, Any other big takeaways for humanizing? Now we've humanized the front and the, and the show rate. We'd expect the show rate to be high. They get then any other personalized, do they get a phone call? Do they get what other personalization you're going to put into this? So one thing that I, there's part of just the, after this onboarding, what happens that we do is we always, because we're in the U S and most people have insurance or don't have insurance or whatever. A lot of people have this question about how much it's going to cost. What we end up doing is we validate or verify everybody's benefits. And then we ensure that we call that person 24 to 48 hours before their appointment to give them an update. Say, hey, we ran your benefits. This is how much it's going to cost, yada, yada, yada. So we give them all that information up front. And then we also call and or text to to remind them of their appointment, right? And again, if you're collecting their email address and sending out an online intake, which everyone should be doing because they're super easy and convenient and they flow right into an EMR, the client yeah. is already getting that referral or that that reminder information anyways. Oh, I've got to go get that. I've got to do that paperwork for, for Rafi because I got the shoulder pain, right? Yeah. So there should send, be multiple have, systems. Have you ever sent a video message? Like as, as a, a video to patients? Hey, Rafi, you're just looking forward to seeing I'm looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday. We've thought about it, stuff. but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I, I have had a couple clients that have done that. Um, and they're usually like, the ones that have made it work really well are the solar practitioners that are um, they're intentionally limiting the amount of consoles they're taking on. So they're, you know, they've got a little bit more time to do that kind of stuff. And it is great. I mean, the patients show up like way mm-hmm. on board because they got this personalized message, which is wonderful. Um, as you yeah. scale, it can be a little bit more difficult. Um, I did, I did mention in one of the other sessions, I think that the orthopedic surgeon who was ringing all of his new patients the week before personally ringing them, Hey, Rafi, just making sure you're okay. It's Dr. Jones here. Looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Everything will be fine. Like he does that personally yeah. to all of his patients for the following week. And he, uh, I, was, I remember speaking to him, he does, there's no marketing going on. He doesn't have to do any marketing because yeah. my surgeon rang me. My exactly. surgeon rang me. Yeah. Oh. We have a, a pediatrician. So I've got five kids and one of our <laughs> pedi- one of our kids had an issue, something or other. I can't remember what it was, but our pediatrician called us. It was like 5.30 that evening, called and said, hey, I was just checking on Joseph. You know, I noticed he was in here and he saw one of my partners, yada, yada, yada. And my wife hung up the phone and was like, we're going to be with this doctor forever because yeah. he took the time to call about our son. You know, like that's a big, big deal. So Human, anytime you can hum- do it. Humanizing healthcare. And and what I love, Rafi, from, from what you did then, that therapists sometimes, and even admin, they're sometimes scared to ring patients. They they just, they don't, sometimes they don't like ringing patients. You tell them you're going to ring every new patient to see how they're going. They'll be traumatized. They think it's a marketing exercise or ringing your past client list. Yeah. They think that's, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, that's just salesy. They'll think I'm pushy and needy. You, you, you got to get over that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, and we, service. we do try to, to couch this all under the idea of we're building a relationship with these people. So sometimes it happens very, very naturally. We've had folks that, you know, have fallen off the schedule because their wife had a stroke or their wife had, or their spouse had some kind of health event or had some kind of event going on at work that kept them away. 
like our admin staff will call and be like, Hey, it's Mr. So-and-so we, we just really wanted to follow up. We knew, we knew your, your wife went in the hospital. We wanted to follow up and see how y'all were doing. Let us know yeah. if there's anything we can do, yada, yada, yada. Um, because those relationships get built naturally if you're doing it right. Um, yeah. And humanizing, we're humanizing exactly. healthcare. We tell people that it's, it's a relationship. It is not, while it does yeah. lead to new business, that's not the the end. That's not the main reason we're doing it. We're doing it because these are people that we have relationships with, and if they so yeah. happen to need our services, then that's just the byproduct of us of us doing that, right? Rafi, I love I love what you laid out. Admin team such an important part of this gear. Getting them to show up, you're reducing cancellations by making sure they have a humanized experience and they show up. But how can people find out more about you? Where, where do they go to get the full Rafi Rafi deal? Sure. You can uh, find us at rehabupracticesolutions.com. So that's rehab, the letter U, practicesolutions.com. That's got everything. Links to the podcast, to the book. It gives you a little calendar link if you want to schedule and have a, uh, a free call with me and just talk about your practice, what's going on. That's that's basically all the places. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and underneath this session two, you've given us a PDF guide. Uh, better outcomes a guide to humanizing healthcare. So it's it's part of part of your scripts, isn't it? What's going in there? Yes, the it's framework. it's part of chapter three in the book, but I'm I'm calling it the cancellation framework or the cancellation reduction framework. And I'll I'll get that over to you and you can make it available to everybody. Beautiful. I I love what you're doing, Raphael. I love everything you're doing. Um if you're interested in patient experience, too, we actually did a program on this as well, those that haven't got it. Um I, I did a session with um Vance Morris, the Disney guy, talking about how Disney create experiences. Oh yeah. And that, and you, you watch Disney, you think that's an experience, you know? It's yeah. Like, there's a book so, out there. If Disney ran your hospital, what would you be doing differently? <laughs> oh, I love it. If you want to check out that program, healthbusinessprofits.com forward slash patient experience. Uh, the code is cancellation. You save 500 bucks if you, if you do that. But Rafi, what was this, what was the URL again for your stuff? Uh, rehabupracticesolutions.com. I love everything you're doing, mate. Get a hold of Rafi's book, follow him around. If you have to get your team involved in patient experience because that's where it's it's about humanizing and that's how you get people to show up and have a relationship. Rafi, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Paul Wright all about um, really humanizing healthcare through kind of the, the stuff that gets missed a lot of times, that administrative element of healthcare. We need to get information. We need to get demographics. We need to get insurance. We need to do all, all the checkboxy kind of things. Hopefully, this conversation and the framework that we've provided and that I lay out in the book and that, again, you can go download for free if you want on our website, hopefully, if nothing else, it provides just an example of what is possible for taking something that really tends to be mundane and really degrades the healthcare experience and interaction from a real meaningful interaction to like a transaction. Um, hopefully this will help you take that and kind of show you some ways that you can make it actually a pivotal part of conveying and building a real lasting relationship with patients and clients. Because again, healthcare is a relationship. It is a human experience and that should extend to even the way that we collect those administrative details and the processes that we need to do that right some something as simple as flipping the idea or the process around so that we start with the patient or the client and their subjective experience and their expectations and their narrative experience and what this means for them and how it's impacting their life and then after we get all the important stuff 
moving on to the boring things like, okay, I need to get your date of birth to get you scheduled. I need to find out what insurance you have. We need to get the doctor so we can, you know, in, in the PTOT world, so we can fax the plan of care to the doctor for the signature, all of that kind of stuff. But all of that is really just the baseline, the stuff that is required to deliver the services. But what is really important is all the stuff that comes before that how this has impacted the patient's life, what they hope to ex experience or gain from coming to the clinic and all of that stuff that we laid out in the framework. That's where the money's at, um, no pun intended. That's like, that is where the value is to be delivered and, and created in the experience or in that uh, encounter with a healthcare professional. So it would make sense that everything we do as healthcare organizations and healthcare professionals should be focusing on that. And yes, we need to do some of the mundane administrative stuff, um, but it should come after we gain understanding and insight about where the, the real values be created in healthcare. So um, that's all I've got to say about that. If you like the show, head on over to rehabupracticesolutions.com. Click on the drop down menu for uh, under insights click podcast. You can sign up there to get notified whenever we drop a new episode, which is typically every other Wednesday. Sometimes like this one, we'll do a, a, a bonus episode and we'll get, you know, three weeks in a row or something like that. From now until the end of 2022, I believe I have enough in the can and stuff that I've been holding on to and trying to find a good time to release that we're just going to be releasing every week. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that over the holidays. If you want a good podcast to listen to while you're sitting by a fireplace enjoying uh, family and friends or just downtime time off of work so um, head on over to rehabupracticesolutions.com again find out all about us if you want to read the book or if you want to give it to a healthcare provider yourself as a christmas gift head on over to amazon and search for a better outcomes a guide to humanizing healthcare that is going to be my last shameless plug for the book, at least on this episode. Until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.